0: Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about introverts. I love talking about introverts because I am an introvert and I really get introverts, And I feel like other people do not get us and sometimes extroverts have introverted children and that becomes a little tricky because the extroverted parents don't get their introverted kids. And that might be you, or you might be an introvert and you're thinking, uh, how do I raise an introverted child? Because you might have some of the similar issues that your child has. And I also want to dispel a lot of rumors that being an introvert equals being a shy child. Although there is some overlap, they're not mutually exclusive. So we're going to talk about that. And a lot of the misperceptions that go on with introverted kids, because how you view your introverted child is also going to dictate how you parent them. And that could actually skew your parenting and their personality. There's a lot of mistakes parents make with introverted kids. And so I want to go over that. So it doesn't happen in your home. So here's the interesting thing. I wanted to, you know, define introvert for this episode. So I went to my handy dandy Google search and I typed in introvert and I was really offended by the definition it gives introvert noun, plural, Introverts. One, a shy, reticent person, a person predominantly concerned with their own thoughts and feelings rather than with external things. So that's interesting that they're saying it's a shy person because that's really not the definition of an introvert. So I'm going to have to argue with the Google definition. Now, ironically, the Urban Dictionary gives a more accurate definition of introvert, which is, I think, kind of funny because introvert. We're not going to go into the history of the word introvert. Trust me, this will be a little bit more interesting than that. But Carl Jung created or coined the term introvert and it wasn't meant to mean shy, but let's, let's talk about the urban dictionary. (laughs) So the, the urban dictionary says it's the opposite of extrovert, a person who is energized by spending time alone, often found in their homes, libraries, quiet parks that not many people know about or other secluded places. Introverts like to think and be alone. Contrary to popular belief, this is where I'm starting to really like my urban dictionary. Not all introverts are shy. Some may have great social lives and love talking to their friends, but just need some time to be alone to recharge afterwards. The word introvert has negative connotations that need to be destroyed. Woohoo, urban dictionary! <laughs> That's my newfound friend. That's a lot more accurate, and I think that. The initial definition that I read is a lot of times what parents get snagged on because in my practice, it's funny. Sometimes I will say to a parent, you know, is she, is she introverted? And then a lot of times they'll say, oh no, 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 she's not shy at all. And, and then I have to kind of go into my little speech about is introvertis- introverticism <laughs> being an introvert. I have to tell them what it is to be an introvert because it's really important personality-wise to understand how that works within your child. So let me give you the Natasha definition. You've heard the urban dictionary definition, and that's really what it is, but I'll go into my own little weird detail, but an introverted person is really someone who doesn't have time or energy for the nonsensical chit chat that other people have. They aren't social beings in a large sense. And so we'll just talk about me because why not? That's kind of how it goes. But, you know, as an introvert, I don't like big crowds, so I don't want to go to a big party to me. That would be a nightmare. If you said like, Hey, it's Saturday. Do you want to go to a party? That would be equal to saying like, do you want to go swim in a pool with sharks? (laughs) Maybe that's a little bit extreme. Okay. That's probably a little extreme, but I do not like going to parties and we will talk about the social anxiety component because unfortunately sometimes, you know, being an introvert is married with social anxiety, but not always. And so we can't make all these really big global assumptions about introverted ism. Okay. I have to look that up because I don't really think that's a word. Hold on. I'm going to pause this and look that up. Okay. It's a word, but I can't pronounce it. So <laughs> I'll try to avoid that. But in a general sense, extroverts get energized by being around people a lot like what the urban dictionary said. And introverts need to be recharged. So when I'm around a large group of people, I'm getting depleted. When your child, if your child's an introvert, you know, they're getting depleted when they're around a large group of people. So when they're at school and they're around people all day long, I equate it to like, think about like a phone battery. You know, they, they are, they are giving off energy and they're getting depleted throughout the day. And the more people that are around them the more their energy is absorbed and the more depleted they get. And you can't control that. That is just like completely physiological. And so a long school day is draining for an introvert or anything that's a a big crowd situation like camp or going to a party or just, you know, a big family gathering with a bunch of relatives. All of that is draining And when I say draining, it doesn't mean that it's in a negative way. It doesn't mean that they don't look forward to it and they don't like it and it's upsetting for them. It's just that they have to expel a lot of energy in that environment versus an extrovert. They thrive on crowds and people and a large socialization, and they're literally getting plugged in and charged up when they're around people. And in fact, when they're alone, they get depleted. Isn't that weird? It's just weird how we're wired so differently. So an introvert can be a very social person, but they're social one-on-one. And that's what I meant when I said like in large global terms is, yeah, they're not social in the big picture sort of way. Like, let me go to a big party. Let me have a lot of friends. It's, you know, let me socialize with my best friend. You know, let's go have a nice cup of coffee or some tea, or I guess I'm talking about kids. (laughs) This isn't all about me, you know, let's go to the movies or have my friends over to play some video games or let me like go have my friend in my bedroom and we can like hang out and talk. And that is fun for an introverted person versus an extroverted person would probably want to go to hang out at the parties or they want to go to the movies with a large group of people. I think you get my point, right? So that has nothing to do with shyness, if I am an introvert, let's just say I'm an introvert, but I have no issues with being shy. I may choose not to start a conversation with the person next to me in school, but it's not because I don't know how to start a conversation and it's not because I don't want to have a conversation. It's just, I don't know you and I just want to talk to my best friends. I don't have time to waste my energy. Now, that sounds actually kind of callous, but if you only have a finite amount of energy, then, then you're going to be very picky about where you spend it. And I guess that kind of makes sense. If you look at it that way, like we'll talk about me again, even when I do these podcasts. So, okay. A little bit about Natasha. So on Wednesdays, my, well, except for the summer, cause I hear my 13 year old in the kitchen and I've already told her to be quiet <laughs> and my cat, my cat's in here too. And sometimes she moves and that really annoys me because then I have to start all over again. Cause you can hear a caller. So it's super annoying stuff, but on Wednesdays, I, I record. So this kind of sounds like a little vain, but I have kind of revamped my website. So dot my website used to be totally article driven. I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, but why not? Right. So when I started it like two and a half years ago, now, it was all article based so i would write three articles a week and and writing is not my forte even though i've written two books and i'm actually working on my third i'm working on an ocd book right now writing is really not it's not my forte i can write and i i like writing once i get started but it's not my it drains me so i said you know this is kind of taxing and it's taking away from my family i'm so busy always trying to meet these deadlines that i've created for myself so I was like, you know, I'm going to go and do a podcast and I can make, I can put it on my website and I'm going to make videos on YouTube and I'll put it on my website and then they're kind of fun to make. And so it'll be more exciting to do work. I'll still get some information out there and then I can work on my book and do the writing, but I can do, I could, I can teach in a different modality and in a modality that's not going to be draining or as time consuming. I thought, (laughs) although editing a podcast and editing a video Are super time consuming too, but I for some reason I find that more fun than editing words. But total tangent. So, Wednesdays, I'm very neurotic, I'm super organized. And so, I was like, okay, on Wednesdays, I'm gonna come and I'm going to record everything for the following week, which is what I do. So, on Wednesdays, I come into my work office and I record the podcast. And then, after that, I do my YouTube video for the following week and then I'm done. And then, I have all week technically to edit it, but I don't because I go to my private practice and then life is busy, so whatever. But when I'm recording on Wednesdays, just coming in here and talking for like 40 minutes, because I sometimes I stop and I start all over again. (laughs) You have no idea the drama that goes into me just talking to a microphone. I sometimes I'm just like, let it go, just who cares if you mispronounce the word or, you know, whatever. But by the time I'm done on Wednesdays, just talking, I am drained. Because even though I'm sitting here by myself, I am exerting a lot of energy. I'm talking to a group of people in my mind, and that is draining me mentally. So as an introvert, your energy is depleted, and I can't do anything about that. I have tons of coffee before I get started on Wednesdays because I know I'm gonna have to talk a lot. But it's kind of draining. And this is a weird thing. And then I'll stop talking about myself, I promise. But this is a weird thing too. Like when I am in my private practice, for some reason, I have no idea why maybe the universe really wants me to do my job, but I don't get drained. I I actually get energized by helping people. I am exhausted by the end of the night, but I think I have a different mentality when I'm working. And my, I'm so hyper-focused on how I want to help them and what skills I'm trying to build and what I'm picking up from what they're saying, that it's not a normal social conversation. And it's, it's accessing a different part of my energy. This is really getting bizarre. I know (laughs) this wasn't supposed to be about me this podcast, but, um, yeah, I'm not drained in a social sort of way. So I tell you all that just to give you a little insight into how your kids might expend their energy. And I have to be really careful because If I need to do, like, sometimes I'll be like, you know, I'll make two videos and I can't, I like physically I'm tapped out. I don't have the energy. I've already spent it. Or if I have to do a big social gathering, I'm tapped out by the afternoon and I I can't do it anymore. And so with your kids, and we're going to get into different mistakes that parents make with introverted kids, but something to know is you don't want to overschedule. Oh, well, this is a point that I was going to bring up later, but we can talk about it now. You don't want to overschedule them because they only have a small amount of energy to spend. And if you're going to go to a big family outing in the morning and then you're like, oh, and then in the afternoon, we're going to meet everybody for lunch. And then in the evening, we're going to go to this big party. If you have an introverted child, you have to schedule mentally some time for them to decompress and reset somewhere quietly, because you have to plug them in and get them recharged. (laughs) I'm going to use the phone analogy throughout this entire podcast, because it is very accurate. If I have a lot of stuff I have to do, then I need some alone time to plug myself in and recharge, and then I can go back out and be more effective. So this is actually a good segue because I want to talk about four things that parents do that It's not a good thing to do to introverts. And well, you know what, before I do that really quick, I want to talk a little bit more about why introverts are not shy or have social anxiety, and then we'll go into the mistakes parents make. And then at the end, I'm going to wrap up with ways that you can help your introverted child totally all over the place. Believe it or not, I do take notes. I have notes. I have an outline and I'm trying to follow it, but I always get sidetracked. So I'm an organized, chaotic person. So there you go for a oxymoron, but, but just because you have an introverted child doesn't mean you have a shy child and you can have a shy child. This is kind of the point I wanted to make before I move on. You can have a shy child who's not introverted. I'll give you an example. So my five-year-old initially, I thought she was introverted and not shy. So it's confusing because they overlap so much. You're like, wait, what's going on? Like what's driving the behavior? Is it that they are feeling anxious and so they don't want to socialize with other people or is it that they're introverted and they're getting drained? So sometimes initially it won't be obvious as far as which one it is, or if it, you know, if shyness kind of blooms out, it can turn into bigger issues like social anxiety. So I guess you can look at it in that way. You know, shyness is kind of a normal, typical thing. It's just a personality, slow to warm, you know, get your feet wet And then social anxiety kind of takes it to another level where you start to feel really anxious about social interactions and you can have social anxiety and not be shy or introverted, and you can be shy and not have social anxiety. You can be introverted and not be shy. I think I'm beating a dead horse on this topic, but you get my point. So my five-year-old for a while in preschool, she like rode the coattails of my son who's seven and she like followed them all around And she was pretty confident socially because she just hung out with them. And then he left because he got older, obviously, and she stayed back in preschool because she had two more years and it took her like a a whole year to get her social beat. And she would say to me all the time, mom, I'm just shy. I'm shy. You know, I'm nervous because I'm shy. My stomach hurts because I'm shy. And I never put those labels on her. So I don't really know where she got that. And I think a lot of times parents get kind of hung up on that. Like, why is she calling herself shy? Or we don't use that language. But I think for some kids it actually kind of helps them feel normal, like there's a name for this, this is called shy. And so it's not as taboo as I think a lot of people make it. I think the taboo part comes when you aren't shy, you're just an introvert. So she used to describe herself that way. And I thought, as well, that she was really shy. And then I also thought she's probably an introvert, just like her mom. Cause she's exactly like me in every other way, but she kind of got her social beat and she's not shy anymore. She loves people. She loves to be funny. She loves to go up to random strangers. And if you listen back to, I think it was my last episode uh, or no, I think it was episode 19. When I talked about my social anxiety where I talked to you about how she like does not filter at all. So even when she was little, I should have picked this up, but she was pretty extroverted. Then she would talk to strangers and totally like mortify me. So she's always had that extroverted quality, but I like smacked the introverted label on her because she's so similar to me and because she was shy and she's, she's not, she's shy when she's in a social situation where she doesn't have her beat, but then she becomes an extrovert. So. Anyway, That was a very long winded explanation of the differences between introvertedness and shyness, but it is important because, you know, being an introvert is not a bad thing and it doesn't need to be fixed. And I think a lot of times parents see a child being an introvert and get concerned, especially if they're extroverts. And I've had families come into my practice and they will say stuff like, we just don't get him. We are all really friendly, outgoing people. We're all extroverted. And we got this kid here who just doesn't fit in. Like we don't get that behavior. He doesn't want to talk to a whole bunch of people. He's in a corner when we go to parties. And I think it's really hard for a lot of extroverted parents to understand their introverted kids. So I want to talk to you about some of the mistakes that some parents make with introverts so that you can avoid those. The first one that I'm kind of already talking about is forcing them to socialize in an extroverted way. So a lot of times parents will come up to me. Well, they don't really come up to me. They're like sitting on the couch and they'll say, you know, she only has one friend and I keep telling her go out and make more friends or don't just play with the same person over and over, you know, talk to other people at recess and my introverted self cringes inside because that's a mom who doesn't get introverted ism. Yep. I used the word again. I've been trying to avoid it, (laughs) but I did it again for an introvert. That's okay. And I think when parents highlight or make a big deal about a child only having one friend, it just makes them feel pretty crummy because as an introvert, you're okay. Having one really good go-to friend that's okay for you. But then when someone else highlights it and is like, you have no friends, you should have more friends. You know, why don't you go expand your social circle? Then it starts to hit the self-esteem. What's wrong with me? Why am I supposed to have more than one friend? Oh, I have to go talk to more people. I don't really want to talk to more people. And that's unnecessary because introverts want one serious, great friend. And if you're an introvert, you totally get this, right? I've talked about this before. I only want my husband as my best friend. I know maybe a marriage counselor would be like, that's unhealthy. (laughs) I just don't have the energy for multiple relationships because as an introvert, you give 120% to the relationships that you're in. And so you only have a little bit of space for all those people. So kids aren't going to have lots of superficial relationships. They're going to have some serious, intense, deep friendships, They want to talk about serious things. They want to know someone on a deep level and that makes them happy. And they don't get depleted when they're around people like that. I don't get depleted around my husband, or I have a few people that I talk to that are my friends that I don't get depleted. I could sit there and talk to them for hours and I'm never depleted because we're kind of aligned. So don't force your kids to socialize, let accept them for who they are. Unless they say there's a problem, take their lead. The second thing I want to talk about is forcing them to be social in the way that an extrovert is introverts don't want to be social. And I'm not talking about shy kids because I am differentiating in this podcast, but you know, you go to a family gathering and you might be like, come and say hi to everybody and come and sit at the table and talk to everyone. Or then, or you might berate your kids at the end and say, why didn't you ask so-and-so how she was doing? Or, you know, when so-and-so talked to you, why didn't you give her a bigger answer? Why did you just say it was fine? And for an, an introvert, they might only have a certain amount of energy that they can expend, like I said before. And so if they may not feel like they have it in them to make all this small talk, they might be just trying to survive the party or survive the family gathering and let them do that. Let them be who they are and not socialize in a way that maybe embarrasses you or um isn't up to your extroverted standards because that's not fair. So, don't worry about how other people are going to view it. If they don't get your kid, that's their deal. But you're you want your child, your introverted child to feel empowered that it's okay to be who they are. It's okay to not want to be social with every single person. It's okay to have a few quality friends. And to only want to be around those quality people, you're not limiting your options. That's who you are as an introvert. Now, if you have an issue with their friend and you're concerned about that, that's a totally different podcast. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about limiting them to just a few friends. The last thing I want to mention, as far as, you know, raising an introvert is introverts need to recharge. And I do hear this also in my practice a lot where parents will say, She's in her room a lot. And we tell her she needs to just come out and sit in the living room with us because we don't want her to isolate. <laughs> I said isolate in a really weird way. <laughs> okay, isolate is a word that you have to really look into and say, is my child isolating or are they recharging? Because there is a difference. And unfortunately, it's hard to tell which one it is. And so, I don't really, I don't have a good answer as far as how you tell the difference. You just know your kid and you want to like check on them and see, but if they're naturally an introverted person, they might want to go to their room and read, go on their computer, you know, just lay in their bed, be on their phone. I mean, whatever, depending on their age, but introverted kids need to be plugged in and recharged. And a lot of times that's, that means excluding themselves, even from everybody in the family because just being around people in general and chaos and noise can be draining for an introvert because you have a finite amount of tolerance for chaos. And I am totally like that as well. Even though I don't get drained by being with my husband, I am drained by being around my kids. <laughs> that sounds so horrible, uh? but it's true. I'm not going to lie. They deplete my energy. And that's just because like, There's a lot of chaos and, and I like a lot of quiet because the, the noise, there's a lot of sensory stuff with being an introvert, the noise and the chaos and can be overstimulating and to be overstimulated can be exhausting. So it could be pretty calm in your house, but if there's many, many kids or even like two kids, but they're making a lot of noise and a lot of chaos that could be overwhelming for your introverted child and they may want to go to their room and and calm down for a little while and recharge. And that's okay. So let's talk about ways to help your introvert. Stay tuned. That's what's up next. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Okay. So we talked a lot about what an introvert is, what it is not, how it's not necessarily correlated to being shy or social anxiety, but that it could be, but it doesn't have to be. We talked a lot about mistakes that parents make, and actually I have an article Um, I don't remember what it's called. I think it's called like 15 mistakes that parents make with introverts, totally creative title. I know. So I will leave a link to that article in the show notes because I kind of go over them. I think a little bit in more detail, I think I might talk a little bit more about other things as well, but now I want to talk about how do you help these introverts? So let's talk about that so we can wrap this up. One weird way to help your kids, and this is going to sound really weird, but it could really help is identify your child as an introvert or talk to them about what it means to be an introvert. Say, Hey, you know, there's, there's introverts and there's extroverts, and this is what an introvert is. Don't read them the Google definition. And this is what an extrovert is. Do you get charged up by being around people or do you get exhausted? I'm simplifying it so you can get into more detail, but I think it's really nice. I mean, if I was a kid, let's, if I can go back in time and somebody said to me, you know, Natasha, you're an introvert you, and they explained it to me and they said, you just get exhausted by being around too many people and you just like a few best friends and that's okay. I would have felt so much better about myself, but instead, you know, I think my mom didn't quite understand me. She was a complete extrovert. So take me and make her the polar opposite. And you have my mom. She was very outgoing. She loved to be around people. She never wanted to be by herself. She had a zillion friends all, you know, and she had some deep relationships and she had some superficial ones, but she just fed off people. And I was completely the opposite. And she had a hard time understanding me. And often that came out in criticism of, you don't have any friends. Or if I was being mean to my brother or sister, I would get a comment like, no wonder why you have no friends. Aw, poor Natasha. (laughs) It wasn't good self-esteem building. That's for sure. And so she really highlighted how I was inept at making friends and how, because I only had a few friends, there was something wrong with me, but this isn't my therapy session. So You want to help your kids understand that being an introvert is fine. It's totally okay. And that everybody has different ways of being. And that if you're an extrovert and they're an introvert, that neither one is better than the other. And that will really help your child understand themselves and not feel socially rejected or that there's something wrong with them because they don't want to go to parties or they don't want to have a zillion friends. When kids come into my practice and they're having worries about only having one or two friends, I will tell them. I would rather have one or two amazing friends who completely got me than 50 friends who, you know, didn't know anything about me and didn't get me at all. So I could walk into a room and have 50 friends say, Hey, or I could walk into a room. Nobody says hi to me, but one person in the corner is like, Hey, Natasha. And they totally get me. I would love that. So help your child understand that and understand what their needs are. That will go a long way in maintaining their self-esteem and their confidence socially. The other thing I would say, which I've already touched on before, but I want to touch on again, is allow them to be them and don't force socialization. And also don't over schedule them. So if you are planning like a vacation, take your introverted child in consideration. I am really lucky because both my husband and I are introverted. So that makes it really nice for us to plan vacations because. We both need to go back to the hotel room and recharge multiple times a day. (laughs) What are we going to be like when we're 80? It's like scary. And I think most of us are introverted except my five-year-old. And she's always the one that's like, when are we going out? When are we going out? What are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? How long are we going to be in the hotel room? Or even when we're at home, she's like, what are we doing today? Oh, that sounds so boring. We need to go out. It's hard to say where my daughter and my son are on the spectrum of introverted ism. It's like, I can't avoid the word, but I think they, they go more towards being an introvert, but my husband and I are definitely full throttle introverts. I don't know if you can full throttle introverts, but whatever. So when you're making vacation plans for you and your family, if you have introverted kids, even if you feel like you want to go, go, go schedule time to go back to the hotel and have an hour to just recharge, be cognizant of how much activity you're doing, so that you don't overload your child, because what's going to happen is if you're not aware of that and you over schedule your child, they're going to implode. They're going to be really irritable. They're going to be agitated. They might be nasty, and it's going to kind of ruin the, the whole trip. So take that into consideration. And on a daily basis at home, when you're not traveling, you know, look at their their schedule and don't over schedule them. I see so many introverts in my practice. Who are way over scheduled. And they'll say to me, I remember I had this one boy come into my practice and he was really irritated with me and I didn't do anything. He just walked in and he was in a bad mood. He was probably about eight and he had been friendly the previous couple of times that I had seen him. So I was like, you're in a bad mood today. Cause I'm really blunt with the kids I work with. And he said, well, it's not you. And that was a pretty intelligent response. He said, I'm exhausted. He's like, I am just went through a whole day of school. Then I had soccer practice. Then I went to the dentist and now I'm seeing you. And by the time I get home, I'm going to just eat dinner and I'm going to go to bed. He's like, I have no time. When am I going to relax? And I thought that's a very introverted comment. (laughs) You know, that that's what it's like to be an introvert. It's that was, that was too much, too much scheduling for that child. And actually the more I talk about this, I realize my son is actually very introverted because he's very much the same way. I can't overschedule him. He's always like, when am I going to have time to relax? And that might clue you into your child too. If you have a child, like a young child, who's always concerned about when they're going to have downtime, when they're going to be able to quote unquote relax. And they mean at home, that's a very introverted comment. Like my five-year-old doesn't, she never says that. I mean, I've never heard that child say, when am I going to be able to relax? It's always, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. I'm so bored. I'm so tired of watching YouTube and other people play with their own toys on YouTube. Now, what do I do? <laughs> the saga of the five-year-old. So don't overschedule your kids. If you're, if you have an introvert, don't sign them up for soccer practice and then tutoring all in the same day, spread it out. They're going to need an hour or two to recharge in between those activities. So I hope that gave you some ideas on how to raise an introvert I do love that topic because I feel like people don't understand introverts if they aren't one and I am here to help the society of introverts along. <laughs> so, I hope you're having a great week. If you are enjoying this podcast, please leave a review. I know some people have told me that they are confused about how to leave a review on iTunes and Uh, did you hear that? That was my cat. See, I'm not, I'm not even going to edit that out from now on. It's just going to be real raw and cat noise in the background. So if you're on iTunes, you just go over to the iTunes search area, and then you type in the name at parenting survival podcast. That pops up, you go and you hit reviews. And it says tap to rate and there's stars and you just tap it. And then on the bottom, it says write a review. Now I know one time I wanted to write a review for somebody and I did that. And for some reason I hit a snag as well. So I'm not sure if iTunes is just kind of clunky when it comes to that, but, and maybe you're like, Oh, Natasha, I could totally know how to write a review, but I just don't do it because I don't have time and I get that. And I'm not talking to you, but there have been people who have emailed me and said, I love your podcast. And I, I tried to leave a review, but I couldn't do it. I don't know what happened. So for you people out there who are like, I really love your podcast and I want to leave you a positive review. I'm talking to you. So that's how you leave a review. It's kind of weird. It's not, I don't think it's very self-explanatory for those of us that I don't know. I, I feel like I am computer literate, but it is a little confusing sometimes. So if you haven't already, please join me in my private Facebook group. We have a lot of conversations in there every day. It's a great group of parents and, um, I comment on almost every thread. And so it's a great way to interact with me and with other parents who are raising anxious kids. It's called AT parenting, anxious kids. And I leave a link in the show notes every time. And I also have a button on my website. And if you want to go to dot a website for all ages, And you can see articles that I've written and videos that I've made and all sorts of things. There's a lot of material on that website, but on the homepage at the very bottom, there is a link to my Facebook group. So you can click that and get invited in and then I can meet you there. And that would be awesome. I hope that you find the sparkle in every day and until next Tuesday, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to AD Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.